You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. Stephen D. Sullivan and St. Euphoria present... Atomic Tales! Stories of science, mystery, and excitement. This episode features the latest adventure in our fantastic original series, Strange Invaders. Tonight, Agents 1 and 2 of the U.S. Science Bureau investigate strange lights in the sky in The UFO You Know. Join us now as we present another in our continuing series of Atomic Tales. Duck! I dove to the ground and Agent 2 did the same, both of us quickly flattening against the leaves and dry grass just outside the Air Force Base's perimeter. The hair on the back of my neck bristled and a wave of heat washed over us as the glowing object zoomed past overhead. Hell's bells! What was that? Agent 2, also known as Buster Ace Freeman, asked. Damned if I know, I replied as the two of us scrambled to our feet. The glowing disc-shaped object had angled right for us as we were getting the lay of the land. It moved too fast to get a good estimate of its size before we hit the deck. So not giant fireflies this time, Two said. Probably not. The greenish, unidentified flying object streaked over the nearby forest. Fortunately, a firebreak ran through those woods. Come on, let's see if we can catch it. Agent Two and I dashed for the Bureau Studebaker and Ace took the wheel. The starter sputtered and refused to catch. Son of a- Ace cursed, getting back out of the car. Ray, try to start it when I say. I slid across the Studebaker's bench seat to the driver's side. Ace is the best mechanic in the agency. If anyone could get this car started, it was him. He popped the hood and peered inside, his nimble hands flying over several parts of the engine, checking connections. I don't see anything. Try it again. Nothing, I frowned as the UFO vanished behind the tree line. Forget it, Ace. It's gone. He slammed the hood shut. Shoot. I guess we're hoofing it to the base, then. Suddenly, the champion's six cylinders roared to life. I slid back to the passenger side. What the? Ace took the wheel again, looking frustrated. Just like the Foo Fighters, back in the war. Electronics all went crazy around them. I nodded. At least we don't have to walk to base command. Greenpoint Air Force Base looked almost deserted after we checked in at the gate. As we pulled up to the compound, a tall, middle-aged man in a captain's uniform hurried out of the base office. Two and I got out of the Studebaker to greet him. Captain Koch, I assume, I said. It's spelled Koch, but it's pronounced Cook. Captain Cook replied, shaking hands with both of us. You from the U.S. Science Bureau? Yeah, I said. I'm Agent 1 and this is Agent 2. Always nice to meet a fellow Air Force man. Two added. Cook nodded appreciatively. Tuskegee? Yep. Two affirmed. Saw some action in the Pacific, too. Glad to have you both here. Cook said. Can you believe this? 
He indicated the nearly empty complex surrounding us. Only a few uniformed airmen hustled between the standard military-issue buildings and a single jeep sat alone and empty by the mess hall. During wartime, we had nearly 40 officers here and over a thousand military personnel and trainees, plus civilians. Cook continued. Now, less than 100 total. Back then, we'd have been able to handle this flap ourselves, though I am grateful to have you here. Thanks, I said. We have some experience in this area. I hope so, Cook replied. We've been seeing these things for weeks now, off and on. Project Blue Book sent some boys in last week. They didn't find Diddley. Said it was swamp gas. Overeducated idiots. Was it swamp gas that set off our radar? Was it swamp gas that caused a power outage and stalled our vehicles? Not likely. Agent 2 agreed. And it wasn't swamp gas that buzzed us when we stopped to get the lay of the land, I added. You saw something? Cook asked. Our tower had a brief hit on radar, but nobody got a visual. Went northwest over the woods, I told him. Cook rubbed his stubbly chin. I judged that he was one of those guys who could shave twice a day and still have a five o'clock shadow. Yeah, that makes sense. We had a fence guard go AWOL out that way last night after somebody reported lights. Haven't been able to turn him up since. Those woods beyond the fence have gotten pretty thick since the war. Mind if we give the whole shebang another look? I asked. Cook smiled. Knock yourselves out. I barely have enough personnel to fill a bucket, never mind chasing down every gold brick out pitching woo to some local girl. This base is shutting down, you know. Everything's moving to Wright-Patterson. The brass decided this isn't a good site to convert to nuclear defense? Two asked. Cook's eyes narrowed. That's supposed to be classified. We've both got top clearance, I assured him. I believe the Bureau mentioned that when we said we'd be dropping by. Slipped my mind. He admitted. The Science Bureau. There's an agency for everything nowadays. There'll be a science fiction bureau next thing you know. He sighed before continuing. You guys look around as much as you need. Let me know if you can find more than those blue book jokers did. And if you turn up that gold-bricking Corporal Kaiser, take him to the MPs. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Sure thing, I said. You mind if we borrow one of your jeeps? I'm not sure our Studebaker can handle some of the terrain around the perimeter. No problem, Cook replied. Come on in the office and get the keys. You guys want to grape knee-high or something? Forty-five minutes later, Agent Two and I had maneuvered the jeep into the forest outside the base perimeter, near where we last saw the UFO. But we'd already reached a patch where even the jeep couldn't squeeze between the trees. Admit it, Two said as he hopped out. You requisitioned this jeep just so you wouldn't wreck another car. I groaned. Well, I never lived that down. Not so long as their mouths at the bureau tell the tale, he replied with a laugh. Well, this jeep isn't wrecked yet. I checked my compass. I think the UFO kept going northwest from here. Ace frowned. Your compass must be busted. Check the sun. You're headed almost due west. You're right. Check yours. Damn. Mine's off too. My watch has stopped. Magnetized. Which means... If we follow our compass deviations, we should hit what's causing these disturbances, I concluded. My bet's on that Foo Fighter. Yeah. Maybe. I drew my pistol and Ace did too. Keep your eyes peeled. Together we moved into the woods, quickly but cautiously. The Midwestern summer afternoon was warm, but not too humid. We were lucky in that respect. The trees weren't huge, but the ground cover was fairly thick with ferns and bracken. The smell of wild greenery and the sounds of insects, birds, and even a frog or two filled the air. Then suddenly, it got quiet. Ace glanced at me and pointed. Check it out. Both his finger and my compass needle indicated the same direction. 
Ahead, a vague yellow-green glow leaked through the foliage as the late afternoon sun cast long, dark shadows through the forest. Reflected sunlight, I ventured. Two shook his head and tapped his ear with his index finger. I heard it now, too. A vague humming. Not insects. More like electricity coursing through power lines. We signaled each other to close in, both keeping our weapons drawn. He went right, I went left. The rough ground made staying silent hard, but as the shadows around us deepened, the glow resolved into the same object that had buzzed us earlier. The forest opened up, and there it sat, some weird glowing thing hovering two yards above the clearing. The intense yellow-green glow made the UFO hard to look at, but the shape was like a football or maybe a saucer. The air stank of ozone, and the hair on my arms, the back of my neck, and even crew cuts stood on end. That, plus a burst of intuition, caused me to do something an agent is never supposed to do. I dropped my gun. A beam of light streaked out of the craft and hit my weapon as it tumbled to the ground. To my right, Agent 2 opened fired, likely thinking I was under attack. The whole world vanished in a flash of brilliant light, and I suddenly found myself sitting on my keister on the forest floor. Agent 1, you okay? Ace called to me. He'd been knocked down as well. Yeah, yeah, I replied. What happened? Did it zip into space or just vanish? He shook his head as we rose and staggered toward each other. Dunno. Could have been some kind of electrical phenomenon discharged into the ground through our weapons. I thought it was attacking. Thanks for jumping to my defense. I retrieved my pistol from the brush nearby. Weirdly, it was stone cold but melted. Useless. I holstered it anyway. All the plants in the clearing had been flattened like they'd been run over by a steamroller. A low moaning came from the forest across from us. We hurried that way and found a twenty-something soldier laying on his back near the edge of the woods. Corporal Kaiser, I presume? I said, reading the name badge on his uniform. The guy nodded and rubbed the back of his skull. Are you okay? Two asked, helping him up. Yeah, Kaiser replied. Just a crook in my neck. He peered through the trees at the sun, just hitting the horizon. Jeez, have I been out all night? Longer than that, I told him. It's sunset. You've been missing for most of a day. What happened? Kaiser shook his head. It was the UFO, you know. I was following it, and I guess it must have knocked me cold. He rubbed his neck again. We better get you back to the base. Two suggested. I'm sure the docks will want to look you over. Yeah, okay. Two and I supported him as we trudged back toward the jeep. Agent Two grinned at me as we went. Well, you lost a weapon this time out, Agent One, but at least you didn't wreck any cars. What could I do but laugh? (laughs) Hey, nobody's perfect. Yes? This is 19 Nocturne Boulevard. Won't you step inside? What do you mean, what kind of a place is it? It's anything you want it to be. And it's streaming on the Fantasy Network in TFN Audio. The Fantasy Network. Creator distributed. Fan supported. This has been an original story of Strange Invaders, part of our ongoing series of Atomic Tales. Brought to you by St. Euphoria Productions and the Monster Conservancy. Tonight's episode, The UFO You Know, was written by Stephen D. Sullivan. 
It was produced, edited, and read by Christopher R. Mim and featured Fred Goodrum as Agent 2, a.k.a. Ace Freeman, Derek Cook as Captain Cook, and Elliot Mim as Corporal Kaiser. Special thanks to Ron Patla for help with military research. Any errors are not his fault. Please support the films of Christopher R. Mim at SaintEuphoria.com and the work of Stephen D. Sullivan via his Patreon at PaySteve.com. All elements of this episode are copyright 2021 by their creators and may not be reproduced or reused without permission. Atomic Tales and Strange Invaders are trademarks of Stephen D. Sullivan, all rights reserved. Join the conversation at SaveMonsters.com. This is the Saint Euphoria Audiocast Network. <laughs>